Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Pretty good. What's up, man? Not too much. Uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about um, the injury report. A lot of stuff going on there, obviously, with the Titans and their injury situation. So a few things to update there. Uh, then we have a visit with our friends from Locked On Jaguars. Terry talked to them earlier tonight. And so we'll kind of get, we'll, we'll listen to them, and then we'll talk a little bit about our takeaways from that conversation. Uh, before we get started, I remind you, we're right for me to see miracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check out our work there. Tons of good stuff going up there every day. News as it comes out. Um, film breakdowns, all that kind of stuff. So check that out. You can subscribe to the podcast, Locked on Titans, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, just search that out, and then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. And Terry's at T. Lambert FB. Okay, so the Titans were on the practice field today for the first time since the win over the Jaguars. The good news, Taylor LeJuan practiced at least, you, you know, in a limited capacity, uh, basically kind of the final step that he has to clear in the concussion protocol. So he has to go through a practice, go see the independent doctor. Once he clears him, then he should be good to go. So, you know, barring a setback, at this point, uh, the Titans should have Taylor Lewan out there on Sunday. Jack Conklin also practiced. Um, now, you know, we haven't been given any type of timetable on Conklin. The only, I guess, hint we have at a timetable is that they think it was going to be less than six weeks from when the season started because they didn't put him on, you know, the in-season PUP. You know, they counted him against the active 53. So at some point, he's going to take the next step forward. He, he's going to practice full all week, and he's going to play. Is it going to be this week? I don't know. Well, I'll be interested to see what they list him as tomorrow. But, I mean, you know, going from last week with your starting tackles being Kevin Panfield and Taylor Merritt back to Lawan and Conklin this week, if it does if it does happen, is a huge upgrade. And, you know, if it does happen again, quite frankly, couldn't come at a better time than when you're facing, you know, arguably the best defense in the league. Yeah, and I, I need to start by apologizing to, to Penfield and Merritts because they did a great job. And I don't know if I said that last night. I think you did. But uh, I was really, really concerned about that with the Texans. They stepped up. Um, obviously, the scheme was a little different. The, the game plan was a little different, but they did their job uh, well enough to win. So, all that being said, I don't want to go through that again, uh, and I'm sure the Titans don't want want to either. So, uh, positive signs for for, for Taylor Wan. Like you said, we don't really know what's going on with Conklin. It seems like they're really easing him back in, uh, and, and I don't think Dennis Kelly was was there today again. He was not. Yeah. So yeah, and all we know about that is an illness. So that's a little strange, um, but. Uh, I feel more confident going in than I did this time last week if, if those two tackles have to play again. Uh, but certainly uh, getting Lawan and, and perhaps even Conklin back, I mean, that's that's a massive boost. And, and, you know, for those two to get back with the starting five and start building some chemistry going forward, I think that's a, that's a big deal too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, on Dennis Kelly, he was not there today. Uh, listening to Vrabel after practice, it I, I don't know. He didn't rule him out. But, you know, basically said we'll get him in here tomorrow and, and kind of see where he's at. So I, I would be surprised if Kelly goes. But, um, you know, again, it's not as big of a drop-off if you, you know, you've got Lawan and Conklin, then you're only worried about those guys beating your backup. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh, 
Marcus Mariota, I mean, it's kind of more of the same. He threw during the open part of practice. He talked after practice. Um, Vrabel talked about him after practice. Basically the same deal. Like, it's not like he's gotten a little bit better, but not all the way there yet. Still can't completely, you know, he's still got numbness in a couple of the fingers. He was wearing a glove that had, you know, I guess protection on his, his the last two fingers, ring finger and the pinky finger. Um you know, the, the media that saw him throwing during the open portion of practice said anything, you know, uh, really past 10 yards. He was still struggling to be able to, you know, rip it and get it out there. So, you know, they, they compared it to um, a, a guitar string being strummed, and it has to settle back down. So at this point, we're still kind of in a, in a holding pattern. I, I mean, I, I think that I've accepted the fact that it's going to be Gabbert on Sunday, um, I, I don't know that for a hundred percent at this point. I don't think anybody does. I don't think, I mean, we know Vrabel is, you know, really tight lipped on injury stuff anyway, but I think with this thing, it honestly is a thing where they don't know. There's a possibility he could come in tomorrow, Mariota and be fine and be ready to go. There's a possibility that it could linger for another week or two. So at this point, it's just kind of a holding pattern for everybody. And obviously, you know, hope he'd be back out there but can't do anything until he can fill the football again. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's something where they can, can rush him back or, or, or something like that. I think it's just going to be one of those things where Marcus just knows. You know, He's just going to know when he's ready to go. So if he's struggling to throw the ball over 10 yards, that's probably a pretty good sign that he's probably not going to go. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, you talked about this. It sets up an interesting storyline. Blaine Gabbert starting in Jacksonville. Uh, Blaine beat them, beat the Jaguars last year as a Cardinal. He beat the Titans, of course, but uh, that's a little bit different, you know. In Jacksonville, playing for division rival, uh, the team that drafted him, you know, and, and Blaine Gabbert's such a punchline down there now. Um, it, it, just looking ahead a little bit, if Blaine Gabbert was to somehow steal a win there, uh, I mean, I, I think Jacksonville might burn. Oh, it would be – I mean, it would be the greatest because, <laughs> listen, we, we like the guys from Lock on, on Jaguars. They're, they're really good. Um, th- they're like the two exceptions in the entire fan base. I mean, they, it's the worst. Their, their fan base is the worst fan base in the NFL. It's not even close. And so, yes, if, if Gavrick would were to go down there and get a win, it would be – I mean, it would just be so, so awesome. But, um, anyway, we, we'll hope Mariota can play. But if it is if it is the Blaine Gabbert show, then obviously we'll be uh, excited to see him go down there and win. Um, all right, Kendrick Lewis, who has been injured, I guess, since before the season started, uh, was back on a limited basis today. Uh, safety depth there, so you know they they haven't. I don't. I, don't, I would say they've really missed him to this point. Uh, Corey Davis not on the injury report after being there last week with a hamstring, so that's obviously good news. Derrick Henry was on the injury report. Uh, limited with a back injury, but from what I read, uh, everybody that was there, he participated in the open part of practice, looked fine. So I don't think there's any concern there. Um, and then a couple other guys, we talked about Dennis Kelly. Uh, Luke Stalker has a calf injury, um, but he was limited last week, limited again today, so I, I would expect him to be ready to go. And then David Flewellen, who we talked about last night, um, he has the groin injury. They promoted Dalen Dawkins, so I would be surprised if we see Flew Ellen this week. So that's kind of where we're at injury-wise. I mean, it's not, it's still, you know, there's still a lot of question marks in the offensive line. But overall, this is the healthiest this team has been trending towards 
in a couple of weeks. You know, there's no Harold Landry on the injury report. There's no Rashawn Evans on the injury report. So if you can get, I, I mean, I would say it'd be a small miracle to get Lawan, um, Conklin, and Mariota all back this week. But if you can get two of those three guys back and the guys that have been nursing stuff, it seems like they're getting better. So it, it seems like they're at least trending in the right direction from a health perspective. Yeah, I just need to string some weeks together. I mean, from the get-go, from from training camp, it's just been one thing after the other. You know, Brian Arakpo got hurt like the second day of camp or something like that, and, you know, it just seemed to snowball from there. So good to see the injury report, and, you know, start to shrink up a little bit. Uh, it's looking like Taylor Wan and Conklin are trending in the right direction, you know, and outside of Mariota, it's just a bunch of little knickknacks here and there. So uh, excited, you know, we talked about it for – the better part of last week we still haven't seen this team um all together yet well you know we've still yet to see Matt LaFleur's offensive scheme with all the pieces in place and we're still not going to see it because Delaney Walker's is his season is lost so uh but you, you'll get to see most of it together here it looks like pretty soon pending Marcus Mariota yeah absolutely all right so coming up we'll have our uh our Terry's conversation with the guys from Locked On Jaguars before we go to that Tell you about my bookie. You know, if you've been listening to this show, um, we we've talked about my bookie for a long time. They were they sponsored us last year. They're back again this year. And again, the point here is who you're betting on is, is obviously really important, whether or not you win. But who you bet with is also equally as important because if you do win, you want to be able to get paid. And my bookie has been around. Um, you know, they're they're trusted. We know that if you you know their whole thing is you play you you play you win you get paid. So that's that, that's obviously not an issue with them. Um, we had a, kind of a new deal that they've got going on right now. They've been slammed with new betters, so that's a good thing. Uh, a ton of people are getting going over there and getting in the action. Um, but they're trying their best to get the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. And so you can do that, and if you deposit $100, they'll match your $100. So you're basically getting $125 for a hundred dollars so that, that's obviously a great deal can't find that anywhere else uh to get that you have to use the promo code locked on 25 it's a little bit different than the promo code we usually give you so that's locked on 25 uh when you sign up for my bookie and you get the hundred dollar match plus a 25 dollar free pay so visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account and like I said, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. So, again, if you're willing to hold out to after 7 p.m., use promo code LOCKEDON25, then you get all those bonuses that we just talked about. So, my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So, visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use We are back with the co-host from Locked on Jaguars. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah, man. Uh, let's start off with the biggest news to, of the day. Uh, big injury uh, from last week's game. Uh, Cam Robinson is going to be down. Uh, how in the world are, are the Jaguars going to re- replace such an important player to the offense? With a guy that gave up seven pressures in three quarters. <laughs> so... Um, the Jaguars are bringing in Josh Wells to be the left tackle for the rest of the year. The team has been vocally supportive of Wells. 
this is his fifth year with the team after going undrafted and signing in 2014. Uh, he's played in, I think, 34 games as a Jag. He's filled in as a reserve a lot in as a spot starter. And he's always struggled as a pass protector when he's on an island, when he's taking one-on-one battles, especially against speed rushers. He does not win. He he gets lost. But he's a solid run blocker. He's a guy that they consider cheap labor. He's on like a two-year, $1.3 million contract. So they know that they can keep him around, pay him next to nothing, and get a guy that they're comfortable with at this point just because they've had him for so long and developed him. So when Fournette is back out on the field, when they're trying to run the ball, like Wells is going to be totally fine. And you're not going to see too much, you know, drop off from when Cam was out there because Cam isn't the greatest run blocker. But um, while he might be better than Wells, the offensive line as a whole is so good, uh, especially in run blocking, that you won't see too much of a drop off. And if the offensive line to where the interior is kind of shuffling left to try and help in pass protection, Wells might be kind of shadowed there a little bit with the help of an Andrew Norwell uh, helping take on some outside guys. But let's say you put Harold Landry one-on-one against Wells, and he like you've got Landry out there playing pretty much a seven technique going against Wells coming from the outside. I... <laughs> Landry might have his breakout game. <laughs> it, it, it very well might be the case. That offensive line is going to be tasked with protecting Blake Bortles. Uh, he's an interesting guy. I mean, just from an outsider, you know, the, the rap on him is, is he's terrible. But every time I watch the Jaguars play, he's he's just making weird plays with his with his legs and keeping the offense just kind of afloat. Uh, how's his development going? Is he developing, or is he just kind of what he is right now? Blake Bortles is an enigma that I don't think we can ever solve. Uh, rookie year comes in, plays half the year because Chad Henney is bad. Uh, comes in, kind of has a an average rookie year. I, I don't know the stats off the top of my head. And then his next year in 2015 really lights it up. Uh, a lot of people credit the garbage time, which is fake news. Uh, a lot of it was actually <laughs> when the Jaguars were within seven points of the lead. Uh, lights it up, has 35 touchdowns, what, 18 interceptions, something like that. Something like uh, that. And then the next year he regresses, and he regresses hard. Uh, the Jaguars team is abysmal. And there's no wins going basically anywhere. I think they end up with like three. Uh, then last year happens. Uh, Jaguars get their defense, finally emerges. Saxonville is born. Uh, guys like Calais Campbell, A.J. Bouye come in and really kind of change things. The Jaguars go all the way to the AFC Championship game on the shoulders of Blake Bortles. Some people are starting, and then they lose to the Patriots, even though Bortles was phenomenal in December through the playoffs. Uh, people are wondering, was Bortles just riding this defense, or is he actually good? Nobody knows. Uh, then this year happens, preseason goes by, Blake Bortles has a rough preseason, everybody starts to panic. And then Blake Bortles comes out and has the performance of his career against the Patriots week two, passing for four touchdowns, one interception, and for, uh, for did he hit 400 yards? Yeah, I think he hit like just, was he just under 300, Zach, or was he just over four? I I, I can't remember. I think he was like at three, I think he's like 388, so almost 400 yards. He seems to be trending in the right direction, seems to finally be have confidence again. So I would like to say that he's trending upward from last year, but his 
whole career has just been kind of like a roller coaster of emotions. And if you're following the trend, he should be on a down year. But so far, he's still going up. So I'm going to stick with that he's improving. But he's such just – his confidence, I think, kind of wavers if he starts to do bad. So it's just really, really interesting to watch. Yeah, and his receiving core is actually pretty nice. Uh, they, the Jaguars have a find in, in Keelan Cole, who went nuts last week. Uh, D.D. Westbrook is there. Uh, just, you know, we talked about on, on Locked on Jaguars, the, the Titans struggling with the deep ball and Malcolm Butler. Uh, are, are the Jaguars the one to attack deep, or are they giving Cole and D.D. Westbrook looks deep down the field? I think it'll just really depend on if <laughs> – if Hackett wants to be creative, he can be creative, that being the Jaguars' offensive coordinator. If he wants to just pound the ball with Leonard Fournette, then he's going to do that. Both of them can be effective. I don't understand why they can't try to mesh both and kind of synchronize it to keep defenses on their toes. Because they've shown that when Fournette isn't able to play, that if they want to hit, like, either take advantage of the underneath game and spread the ball out to guys like Austin Safarian Jenkins, D.D. Uh, Westbrook, uh, even Dante Moncrief a little bit, they're able to do it. and Or they could hit Keelan Cole deep and make these big plays with a speedster like him going and making plays down the field. Like, they're showing that they can do it. So it's just a question on whether or not they want to be, like, stubborn in what their play calling and what their philosophy is, or if they're realizing that, hey, Bortles is kind of hot right now. Uh, mix that in with how Fournette was looking before he suffered the hamstring injury, and I, I, I truly think this offense needs to start finding ways to be kind of unpredictable with uh, when they're going up against opposing defenses and to keep them on their toes. Because no one at this point, I mean, I can't remember the last time that the Jaguars were able to make teams respect both the pass and the run. It's always been one way or another, or quite frankly, for a nice amount of time during my fandom, it was teams respected neither. So so we'll, we'll just have to see how they plan to attack it this upcoming week with Fournette back. Uh, I say if it isn't broke, don't fix it at this point. So, although you're getting Fournette back, I do want to see them continue to utilize the pass game like they did against New England. That was actually my next question. Uh, the Titans have been pretty banged up early on, and, and now Jacksonville's pretty banged up, at least in the backfield. Uh, you, you said Fournette's probably going to be able to go. What about TJ Yeldon? Going by the injury report, he didn't leave the game during the Patriots game with injury, and he's listed on the injury report with an ankle injury. I think it might just be precautionary. Uh, I don't see anything or haven't heard anything leading to believe that he would miss this game. So as an early week guess, I would say that he's probably good to go, but obviously uh, the teams can be weird with their injury reports. One day they're kind of limited, and next thing you know they're out. So... uh, Right now, my gut's telling me that he'll probably play, but that doesn't uh, mean he can't either hurt it more in practice or the team holds him out for precautionary reasons with Fournette likely being back. All right, last question. Uh, we've got to talk about defense because it, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, it seems like every time I put on a Jaguars game, that defense is changing the game. Uh, I, I know I flipped on the, or I saw it on Red Zone, the, the Giants game. You know, they needed a play, and they get a big defensive touchdown. Just just talk a little bit about how, how that, that defense operates and, and how clutch they've been over the past year or so. 
I, I mean, if Chris wants to add anything to this, he can. Uh, people have already started to wonder where the sacks are because at this point last year, what I think they had, they had ten sacks the first game, and I think they had four in their second. So they're at fourteen sacks through two games, and this year they're at four. However, unless you have Pro Football Focus premium stats you wouldn't know that they have 38 pressures on 65 dropbacks. So they're they're getting they're putting pressure on the quarterback and that's something that isn't going to stop. And what's most impressive about that is they really don't have they don't use too many packages where they're blitzing. They genuinely send four man packages like on the majority of their pass rush snaps. That's just how they operate cuz They've got the guys there to where that they don't need to sp- send more. Teams need to respect just the four they have up front because they know they're going to find a way to get to the quarterback. And one thing that I've always kind of found myself, you know, talking about with this Jaguars pass defense is that the secondary and pass rush really can kind of bounce off of each other. The pass rush can either get in there and make a play to the point where a quarterback will be forced into throwing and what could end up being an interception or a big play by the secondary because they were panicked into throwing something that they normally wouldn't need to, but this pass rush got there so quickly, or the secondary can cause a coverage sack. Like, it can go either way, just depending on what Todd Wash has lined up, the personnel he puts out there. He They truly can scheme things to where it can go one way or the other. That's just how talented as a whole that this pass rush, de- this pass defense is. And I think the Jaguars kind of really get home with their sacks. I mean, it's only they only have four throughout the year. But I tell you what, when they have a corner blitz with DJ Hayden, I feel like they've always been pretty successful. Uh, last year when they had Colvin, he, w- he would kind of get home every once in a while. But the Jags, like Zach was saying, don't seem to send a whole lot of blitzing packages. They kind of just run with those four. And then sometimes uh, Todd Wash, the defensive coordinator, will throw in a quick corner blitz. And usually DJ Hayden gets there or has enough pressure on the quarterback to force a play so uh we saw it last week against tom brady dj hayden was able to collect a sack so uh, i think really if you're going to look for sacks beside outside of just the standard four-man pressure look for a corner blitz all right guys good stuff uh great insight you know titans jaguars is always fun sunday should be no different so thanks for joining me pleasure to be on all right coming up jimmy and i will wrap up the show Coming up, we'll get Terry's takeaways from the conversation. Before we do that, we'll tell you about a brand new sponsor of the podcast, Swap.com. Uh, Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off of retail price on your favorite brands like Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Look, if you buy clothes, if you've got kids, uh, you go and you spend all the money on clothes for them, and then you know it seems like two weeks later they can't wear them. So if you use Swap.com, you're getting great prices on name brand stuff. Um, and not, you know, like I said, not spending the, the money that you would if you go buy at the store. Uh, there's quality hand-inspected items added daily. Uh, if something doesn't fit, you have hassle-free returns for the first 30 days. Uh, Swap.com is offering a special offer to our listeners. Uh, you get 35% off of select items in your first order with the promo code Locked On. And they've got new deals popping up every day on their homepage. So go to swap.com, check them out. Again, use promo code locked on, and you'll get 35% off of select items. All right, so Terry, you had a chance to talk to those guys. What were your biggest takeaways from that conversation? 
Yeah, the biggest thing was just the concern with Cam Robinson. Uh, that's a guy that was drafted a couple of years ago and really stabilized that the offensive line there. Uh, you know, anytime you lose your starting left tackle, it's a big deal. Uh, now you, you've got the Titans with this new pass rush coming. You had Harold Landry uh, just crush it last week. Uh, now he's getting another winnable matchup there. Uh, so, you know, you might see him more on, on passing downs. Uh, he got like five pressures in 30-something in uh, plays. Uh, so that, that's a really good ratio there. Uh, so you've got a clear weak point uh, for Dean Pease to attack on, on that offensive line. So um interested to see uh, what they do there. And then the second thing was just their overall kind of frustration with the offense. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw the stat, but the Jaguars are a lot better when Leonard Fournette doesn't play. Uh, it's a proven fact. So it seems like the offense gets opened up when Fournette is not on the field. Uh, you know, they went and beat the Patriots without Fournette. Uh, so, you know, like they said, when Fournette comes back, they, they turn back to their old ways and become ground and pound and, and kind of smash their heads into a wall. Uh, as Titans fans, we know what that's like. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see if the offense goes back in that direction. Um, because I think they've got a winnable matchup with some speed on the perimeter with Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, you know, like we said, Malcolm Butler struggling with speed early. I, I think that's a matchup they can exploit. But maybe they won't now that Leonard Fournette is back in the lineup. Yeah, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing because uh, I watched a lot of that game, uh, Jaguars-Patriots on Sunday. And, you know, on one hand, you think anytime they're going to put the ball in Blake Bortles' hands more, that's a good thing for the opposition, right? Because there's more chances for him to do something dumb and, you know, throw a pick six or whatever it may be. But he looked he looked better uh, on Sunday than I've seen him look in a while. And, again, it doesn't, like, scare me. It's like all this stuff, you know, all these people are going crazy about Ryan Fitzpatrick and his start to the season. But, like, these guys, over time, they're they're going to go go back to who they are. You know, you know the, the old line from what Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were, right? Um, so I'll still take my chances with Blake Bortles throwing the football. Um, I mean, I, I still would, would rather them do that than hand it to Leonard Fournette a bunch, especially with the way that um, the Titans run defense has struggled early in the season. But, you know, you can't you can't deny the numbers, that, that, that how much better their offense has been uh, with, with, with Fournette out of the game. And we, talk, we talked about this. I don't know if we were talking about this on air or not. But the the four net pick at the, was even baffling at the time. It was like the dude's a, a good running back. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But he's not a franchise changing, transcendent talent. Um, and you know, they just really, whenever he's out there, they want to hitch their game plan to him. And it, I mean, on one again, it's just it's one of these weird things, right? Because on one hand, it makes sense because that takes the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands. But it just doesn't seem like the most efficient way to run an NFL offense. Because he's not a guy that's going to go out there and do something really special. I mean, if it's blocked, he's going to get it. But I, I don't know. I, I would just I, I, I go back and forth on this, like I said, because I don't think he's that good. But I also want Bortles throwing the ball because that creates more problems, you know, potentially for their offense, more opportunities for Titans defense to make a play. So it's just it's, it, their offense is so weird. Yeah, Blake is weird. And, you know, it's like you said, he looked great. Yeah, threw for nearly 400 yards against the Patriots uh, and beat the Patriots. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you see these big games from Blake. You saw it down the stretch last season. 
you know, I, there was a there was a portion of last season where he actually got hot and, and looked looked like an all right quarterback. Uh, but like you said, the, these guys are are who they are, and they always come back down to earth. So I I think Blake is just a really inconsistent player. I think you're going to see these big games in these in these spots. Uh, but then you're going to see uh, the next week him turn around and throw four picks. So uh, I, I think he's just a high-variance guy. Uh, I, I'm absolutely shocked that the Jaguars just went ahead and paid him all, all that money. Um, yeah, I think we talked about this yesterday. Uh, they had a chance to go get a guy like Alex Smith, who makes a lot more sense for that offense. But um, Bortles is going to have those big games, and he's going to have those terrible games, and the Jaguars are going to live and die by it. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into more specific matchups and stuff tomorrow night, uh, kind of breaking down this game. But good to catch up with the Lock on Jaguars guys. They always do a really good job, so glad to have them on. Um, anyway, so that'll wrap up for tonight. Uh, again, remind you, go check out MuseumMiracles.com. We'll have a ton of stuff going up there tomorrow. Uh, you know, still wrapping up the Texans game and looking forward to the Jaguars game. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Carry that, T. Lambert, FB. Uh Subscribe to the podcast or read your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.